You are now listening to the Fat Fix Podcast with David Flowers, a show talking about all things fat loss and health for the general population. Helping people understand why they are in the position they're in right now, rather than just focusing on what they need to do. Your no-nonsense personal trainer friend that you can have access to in your pocket whenever you need some help, guidance or just to kick up the arse. Hello and welcome to the Fat Fix podcast for the second part of Too Scared to Lift. Got a little bit of feedback from my first episode and people seem to enjoy how I broke it down. Like I say, it's such a complex topic and it can be so different for so many people. And I want to give you listeners some actual practical takeaways rather than me just waffling on too much about the in-depth stuff that you've probably read about when it comes down to resistance training. And again, going back down to those barriers we spoke about in the first episode, that's probably just put you off ever going to the gym because it's just confused you even more. So I wanted to try and keep this as informative as possible, but at the same time, give you something to take away and go and do it on your own. Because that's, for me, the most important thing is just driving this adherence and driving this participation in resistance training to increase for the better. So just a quick recap what I went over last time. Obviously, I spoke about the barriers to participation in resistance training, but then I moved on to this pyramid, this hierarchy of importance pyramid when it comes down to resistance training. And the bottom of this pyramid was adherence which again it's the same for the nutritional pyramid adherence is the number one and like i said there is a podcast i did on that but the second pillar to that pyramid is volume intensity and frequency which all come under one big umbrella we call progressive overload and that's what i mentioned in my last episode and i'm going to keep kind of going on about that because that's essentially in order to keep getting stronger getting leaner, getting more muscle, we do need to gradually increase this training stimulus. So when we spoke about volume, we're talking about are we increasing the repetitions each week? Are we increasing the sets? Are we increasing the resistance on the bar or the machine, whatever we're using? We spoke about intensity, again, intensity of load. Again, what weight is on the bar? How heavy are we lifting? And intensity of effort where we use this RPE scale which is basically a one to 10 scale where we kind of rate how difficult that set felt. One being obviously easy and not very useful, like I said in my last episode. Anywhere from a six is probably a good way to start with this, up to 10, 10 being like you've got nothing left. You really push to get this weight up and you have nothing left in the tank and then obviously filtering it down. Basically like how many reps do you have in the tank? How many reps in reserve? And then we spoke about frequency. I kept that one very simple because, again, there's so many things that can come into that. But ultimately, for most people, it's how many times can they get into a gym per week? How many times can they train certain muscle groups or certain movement patterns? And I think for most people, they don't need to be too concerned with like how many times have you trained a certain muscle. It's more a case of how many times can people get into the gym and frequently take up this behavior more than anything. Obviously, for more 
advanced lifters this changes a little bit and is more, is different for them and each of these topics are different to different people but i'm just laying this out to beginners and novice lifters and when i do say that i just want to touch upon before we jump into this one when i say beginner and novice people kind of turn the nose up at it a little bit and think that they're more advanced than what they actually are and this couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest with you. Even people that have been going to the gym for years, you often see in there, don't know what they're doing because for years they've been spinning the wheels and they still continue to kind of disregard this stuff that I'm talking about, disregard the, what's actually important and kind of look look way above this pyramid or even outside this pyramid that I'm talking about, doing fancy stuff in the gym because they feel like they're a bit too much advanced and and it's a shame really because they're missing out on so much progression because they're not understanding what i'm teaching you guys and even the likes of myself i don't class myself as advanced whatsoever i'm probably intermediate well for sure i'm an intermediate level resistance trainer um but i'm not advanced at all in this and the reason i'm not super advanced is because I have, a, I do have a life, you know, so it's only the guys that are at the top of the field in sports performance or these power lifters that are just, this is a job to be, to, to do this. And, and that isn't me, you know? So a lot of people disregard it. And, but I think a lot of people will get something from this today, regardless if you think you're better than what you are, especially you lads. <laughs> I think it'll appeal to a lot of people. And a lot of PTs as well, potentially, who can maybe apply some of this or at least relay some of this information that I'm giving out to back to their clients so they understand it when they go to the gym on their own and they can track their own workouts a little bit better and just have an understanding of it rather than just giving them a training program and they're not knowing what, what it is or how it's carried out or how does it progress and how does it regress. And this is the skills that I want to give you listeners for you to be able to do that. Because I think it's it's powerful if if you know how things are set out and why certain things are this way, or when you buy another program and you can see that week to week the the repetitions have increased, or the sets have increased, or it, they want you to increase the weight by two point five kilograms, you know why. Or if it has a a scale on there saying does it how hard does that set feel you know it's relating to this intensity of effort and the rpe scale you'll know these things a hell of a lot more now by hopefully these two podcasts i've released on this topic so i'm going to talk about the next tier in that pyramid and we're going to speak about progression now as i mentioned a few times already in order to keep getting bigger and stronger we do need this progressive overload insight so Setting up appropriate volume, intensity, and frequency of training will result in this overload, which will then obviously allow you to then see more progress. If you are a novice and an early stage intermediate lifter, simply just setting up a training plan specific to your goals with an adequate workload will really produce the results without much effort into creating a plan to ensure progress. Like I said, it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. You don't need to make this so so kind of unique on paper. And a lot of people tend to do that where they then miss out, you know, miss the forest for the trees 
selecting weights that challenge you session to session or week to week basis, even with the same set and repetition schemes within the week, we'll see a gradual increase in strength and muscle size. Obviously, this is just one way that you could do it. So going back to what I spoke about in the last episode when I spoke about the squats, for example, you could keep the same sets and reps each week and just increase your resistance on the bar. That would be progression. And if that keeps going up, and it usually does with beginners, a lot faster than it would for someone like myself who's been training a lot longer. You know, you could say I'm more near my true potential for certain lift again obviously that could be a lot better because like i said i'm not advanced i could take myself to that level if i wanted to but like i said i do have a life and i've got other priorities in my life so i just make sure that i am gradually improving albeit very slow but for you beginners i'm jealous of how much strength gains you can get and improvements in muscle that you can get in such a short period of time compared to someone that's been doing this for quite a while and ask anyone that ask any um, advanced bodybuilder that you know when you are a beginner and, and a novice lifter you've basically you've got that sweet spot for so much progress so soon and, and it's and it's really good and this is what i say don't be don't turn your nose up at being a beginner and don't think you're too advanced for all this stuff because you're not and if anything you you can get a lot out of your training if you do sometimes like drop the ego and start taking these things seriously and start looking into what really matters and the same with your nutrition as well what really matters with the nutrition instead of thinking about all these fancy macronutrient splits you can have obviously at a certain stage of your development you will need to plan for this progression more and more and how you can keep improving for continual progress but at the end of the day like i said for someone just starting out there'll be a lot of things that you need to learn first so it is wise to start simple have a simple program limiting these number of exercises i'll go into this in more detail soon but just learning to train the whole body efficiently using basic bang for buck movements bang for buck compound exercises like your squats like your deadlifts like your chin-ups like your presses all those things and obviously there's so many variations of those exercises to suit the individual better as well so if you're using a barbell exercise for example again let's go back to that squat use a weight that leaves a little bit in the tank in order to make sure that your form is good and then add weight each time that you go and train and doing it this way, yes, you might not progress every single week, but that's fine. That's going back to them other variables we spoke about in the last session. Basically, what we want to focus on, if we can't increase the weight every session, we increase it every other session. And then we focus on the other things like sets and reps. And did we lower that RPE at that scale of 1 to 10 so we could keep that 50 kilogram squat that we did in the second week and keep the same sets and reps? But now, Instead of it feeling like an 8 out of 10 like it did in the first week, it now feels like a 6 out of 10. So that's progression. And that's what we want to be chasing. And this is why I want to give you an understanding of this volume, intensity, and frequency, and progressive overload in general, to make your training more 
effective. So you feel like you're winning. Every time you go to the gym, every time you walk out of the gym, you're feeling like you've won and you've achieved something. And without knowing this stuff and taking note of this stuff, you will never know if you're doing that and you'll leave the gym and you can probably relate to this, walk out of the gym thinking, what have I accomplished in that session? Because it just felt like the same old shit boring session that I've been doing for many, many years where I'm using the same dumbbells, doing the same movements and not really knowing where I'm going because I'm just in the motions and I'm just doing it because I feel comfortable in the exercise. And that's not the way that you should go with this really. So next up, I'm going to speak about exercise selection and how many exercises should somebody actually do? What exercises are best for fat loss, which let me tell you straight away that there is none. And when it comes to exercise selection, there's loads of things to think about, like people's training age, ability, mobility, biomechanics, and even personal preference. And like you may have heard from other podcasts or other articles you've read regarding exercise selection, it's very, very laid out in such a complicated way or really using fancy words that you just become a little bit lost. And like I said, I'm not going to prescribe any exercises because so many people are so different. I'm just going to give examples and practical examples. But when you, you know, you've probably heard people say, oh, you shouldn't be squatting because of your ankle mobility, you know, your dorsiflexion. And you're thinking, what the fuck is dorsiflexion? And this is not where I want to go with this podcast. I want to give you these practical recommendations and some of my opinions and experiences working with people probably like yourself listening to this, what I would do for you without actually meeting you. So I've never seen, never met any of you listeners potentially for, for Adam, you know, so I don't know about your training age, ability, mobility, biomechanics or your preference. But what I can do is give you some recommendations and things that I would consider to make your training more effective. So I say it comes down to adherence again for the start of exercise selection. If you don't feel comfortable doing something as it is and you're unsure about certain movements, then I don't think having a shitloads of exercises is potentially the best idea for you. So I would say more handful of exercises to just get used to it is actually your best bet and the best way to probably go. So if you are learning how to squat, for example, probably best not having all these variations of a squat in your program because it'll just confuse you massively. So if you are looking to squat and say you're doing a goblet squat, there's no need to try and do a back squat, a front squat, a zercher squat, a split squat, an overhead squat, because you may feel a bit uncomfortable doing that and you'll look at your program and it looks so complicated. You'll think, what the hell is this? There's so many movements for you to learn. There's so many movements for you to get used to that it's hard enough as it is without doing it in front of a gym environment full of these knobheads that are all around you, staring at you and making you feel even worse. You're feeling you're sat in the corner bright red because you're trying to attempt some squat that someone's prescribed you to do without taking into consideration these things which are very important for people is to look at what are people comfortable doing because I don't know like 
about you, but I would much rather an individual go to the gym and consistently perform one variation of squat and adhere to that consistently than me write them so so much of a fancy program with five squat variations they only go to the gym and perform three of those so it's about finding those little things that people can do consistently over and over again and again it comes down to what you feel comfortable with get used to performing one movement don't start jumping from one movement to the next potentially again thinking you're more advanced than what you are let this ego take over if you're doing one squat movement and it say it's a goblet squat, focus on that progressive overload in that one goblet squat. Get really shit hot at that movement. Get shit hot strength in that movement and get what really matters rather than focusing on, oh, I'm too advanced now for this goblet squat. I'm going to try and attempt some mad squat that I've seen someone do on the CrossFit Games when I'm a 44-year-old lady who's never really been in the gym before and end up hurting self. <laughs> so, albeit, let me just point out actually, just make a point on this bit. I am a big fan of doing multiple movements for people or at least driving them towards that and improving the proficiency in lots of movement patterns and improving motor learning, skill acquisition. I really am, especially for long-term development. This is certainly the way to go. However, for a lot of people, Again, what I mentioned barriers in my last podcast, there's all these barriers that are holding people back, these mental blocks that people may have to training, these fears, these, you know, how they perceive something to be. It's not going to get them to necessarily do it if I do put all these multiple movements within a program, albeit for their best interest at heart, I still need to ease them in and you still need to be eased in and expose yourself to a little bit of resistance work. And again, then you can add more variety over time, but become really skilled in just a few things, I would say, when it comes down to exercise selection. Pick a handful of movements, develop your skill in them, keep repeating them, because at the end of the day, repetition is the mother of all skill, they say. And more practice, more regular movement will help reduce people's concerns. I am always thinking about these barriers. And another question that I do get asked is, should I use barbells? Should I use dumbbells? Or should I use machines? Again, a lot of people may be reluctant to use barbells, you know, this fear. However, building lean muscle mass, improving your strength, improving, improving this cardiovascular fitness can be done in lots of ways, whether that's using machines or dumbbells, it can, or even barbells. It can, there's so many ways you can approach this and I want to give you the tools to pick what you want rather than me tell you what to do. Again, because it's very easy for me to say, do this or me have my own biased opinion like a lot of people in the fitness industry do have. They have this biased opinion where they be like, you should do barbell back squats. But you make shit yourself doing barbell back squats. Therefore, you're not going to be adherent doing them or worst of all, you get injured doing them because we haven't, thought about all these things that a person needs to kind of think about in terms of it being more practical for them to carry out like i said before not just from a mobility standpoint and ability but preference as well is something that is so overlooked and it's something that i want to just keep driving on to you so when it comes to beginners a good one is potentially machines 
for a lot of them, they can feel safe in there, they can express some effort, and there is less margin for error. So if you are brand new to this, or you're just feeling a little bit lost, or you feel like you can't do your barbell work properly, or your dumbbells and you just feel a bit unsteady doing them, then maybe look at the machines. And also I could say, maybe hire a coach for a few sessions to actually teach you these things is, is also another point. Just get another pair of eyes looking in to make sure you're doing it doing it right as well um, is another place where you could potentially go. But at the end of the day, if machines work well and you feel safe doing a machine, and like I say, you can express if effort, you can put in your all into it. And again, focus on that progressive overload. Am I lifting more weight? Am I doing more reps? Am I doing potentially more sets? Is my RPE coming down each week? Say if I set it at eight, does the week after, does it feel like a seven with a bit more weight on it if it does brilliant that's progressive overload focus on them big important focus on the big rocks and the big rocks when it comes down to resistance training and improving and not necessarily what exercises that you pick it's how much and how well you're performing on that certain exercising and are you developing that exercise are you getting stronger on it are you you know you improving this cardiovascular fitness you're getting the health benefits and you will be if you focus on that rather than worrying about oh i should be doing so many more exercises and and kind of looking far beyond your program being very very simple i just want to give you ownership so you can pick what you want to do and take into consideration these individual preferences these goals and even equipment availability as well in the gym and if you have got a busy ass gym and you find that the benches are always being used and someone's always hogging them that's where you can then use another bit of equipment as well and think right i'm going to get in i'm going to use this equipment rather than turning to the gym every single week and getting frustrated and pissed off that you can't use a certain amount of kit which does happen in these commercial gyms again just pick something that ticks all these boxes that I mentioned before and that's the main thing and then work on them and then get better at them exercises albeit even if it's free bloody exercises who cares then take your progressive overload from them adding more sets more reps more weight more frequency more times the week you go into the gym and then over time you may add in another exercise whatever it may be think of them big rocks and this is what a lot of programs don't take into consideration, especially ones that you may have bought online or somebody. They don't take into consideration these things that I'm talking about. And like I said, there is so much confusion. People telling you to do back squats, people telling you to do leg presses, people telling you to do hack squats. And to be honest with you, all those things are fine, depending, again, on the individual. But fundamentally, all those will induce this hypertrophy that we're after, building muscle. All of them will improve your strength when you've chased this progressive overload and they will all give you the health benefits from resistance training. So again, don't be confused with, with all that. There's so much opinions out there and I want to take that away so you can actually do this because like I said, it's not getting better. This resistance training adherence is not getting better. Not many people are taking it up. So we need to take a different approach than just being biased to certain things. So don't get confused when people start telling you, oh, you should be doing this. Oh, you should be doing that. 
because it's a lot of bollocks half of the time anyways. Rest times. I'm going to keep this so short and sweet. I don't want to go into too much detail because I'm trying to act clever or anything like that and say, oh, the latest research has shown that. Um, no. Recommendations for the best rest times are quite simple. Rest until you feel you're ready to perform your best on your next set. Obviously, there's some factors that come into this, like how intense that set was. So, for example, if you've done a heavy set of squats, which with a, which is intensity of load, so you put a lot of weight on the bar, and it does feel quite heavy as well. So, you know, you've got to think about that intensity of effort, that RPE. So you've done a heavy set of squats, and it felt like a, a nine, where you was coming up out of the squat. And like I said in my last episode, your eyes popping out, your head looks like it's going to blow up. Then... That's quite a heavy set. That's a tough set for you. So you're going to need some recovery time. So going back to what I did mention in my last podcast as well, um, when it comes down to rest times, is don't be one of these people with resistance training who feel like they need to get sweaty or feel sick and they're just hyperactive when they're training because it's these people that don't get the most out of the resistance training. So the, the rest times are cut ridiculously short. You know, they habitually under rest and therefore don't get the most out of that progressive overload like we're talking about. And fundamentally, like we said, that's the driver for this. It's not about how sweaty you can get, how sick you feel. It's about, am I actually progressing with my resistance training? Am I getting stronger? Am I doing more volume? Am I getting progressive overload? And these people that are like hyperactive with the training, where they're jumping around doing all these things, they don't take into consideration that they just do it to get a sweat on. So don't be one of those people because intensity and resistance training is totally different to what intensity is in conditioning and cardio. So what I would say is a recommendation if you are one of these hyperactive individuals, <laughs> actually clock your rest periods and ensure that you are getting enough rest between your sets. I would say anywhere between one and a half minutes between smaller muscle groups and at least two and a half minutes between um, bigger muscle groups or big compound exercises like your squats and your deadlifts they'll be like two and a half minutes and one and a half minutes between like if you do some biceps or some triceps or something like that if you are performing exercises back to back so like a, a superset people kind of um, call these is so for example say if you do a an upper body movement so you're doing an upper body push like a press up and then you follow it up by with a upper body pull exercise like a trx row or something like that Again, rest roughly between two minutes between sets on exercises as well. And that'll give you kind of some idea of how it should feel. But fundamentally, again, rest until you feel you can do it, do the next set optimally. And again, taking in consideration what reps are you trying to achieve, how many sets you're trying to get and what intensity of effort, what RPE scale does it feel? Because if you are trying to jump into a deadlift after you've just done sorry, jump into the deadlift for the second set after you've just done a really heavy set of deadlifts and you jump in after 30 seconds again because you want to get sweaty and you end up pulling your back because you've not given yourself enough rest time, then, yeah, that's, not the, that's obviously not the way to go. So very, very simple advice on that. Rest until you feel you're ready to perform the best in your next set. Don't be sat scrolling Facebook and end up resting 10 minutes. That's obviously another problem in itself. Last but not least on the hierarchy of importance in this final part of the pyramid is something we call tempo. Now, this is the least important thing that I want you to think about. However, it's in the pyramid. It's still, still pretty important. 
And basically what we mean by tempo and what we're talking about is the speed at which you are lifting. And you see this a lot when you go into the gym, you'll see somebody doing a certain exercise and they look like they're in fast forward mode when they're doing it. They've got the, they've got the dumbbells and they're just like doing about 500 dumbbells, like chest presses with the dumbbells within like 30 seconds. There's no control. They're letting the weight fly down. No, the gravity is just pulling it to the floor. The shoulders look like they're popping out. And this is essentially what, when we talk about tempo is what we mean. And a lot of people express this in different ways. You might've got programs from people that have, the word tempo written and then a number written underneath and, it, and you're thinking what the hell is this number i'm going to give you a brief rundown of what tempo is so basically this tempo is gotten a lot of attention especially in the the world of like hypertrophy this building muscle bodybuilding and again like i said when i said bodybuilding girls don't freak out i think you're going to get big if you apply tempo um you're not going to turn into arnie don't worry about it but basically the reason tempo is emphasized a lot is because it's the belief that this time under tension the speed at which you're lifting is a critical variable to maximizing muscle growth so i'll give you an example say if we do a squat and i go down control for four seconds and then no seconds at the bottom and i come back up and it's say it's one second it takes me to get up that repetition has took me five seconds to complete however if i've just got the bar on my back and i just go woof and just let it like gravity just dragged me to the floor and I've come back up with like a bent back and everything as well, just trying to get the weight up, which you will see a lot of in the gym. Obviously there's not much tempo in that lift. And what I do say to beginners is not get too caught up in tempo, especially the numbers. And I don't give this to clients. I used to do when I first started out because I, you know, you, you think you're clever when you start out as a PT. Well, I did anyway, you're doing all these fancy variables to clients and, giving people like programs that an advanced um, bodybuilder would do or something like that. And I have been guilty of that myself, putting all these fancy tempos. And then I've got Julie, my 44 year old client messaging me, telling me what the fuck am I going on about? And then she's like, Oh, <laughs> she's like, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to understand all this crap. Why are you talking to me like a bodybuilder? So beginners, I would say just slow down the exercises enough needed to perform with proper technique and just use good form and like i said going back to that squat example is make sure that the we're not letting gravity on the lowering portion of the lift especially take full control of us and this is what we call an eccentric component of the movement so the lowering phase so we're not just getting that bar on our back and just letting gravity pull us straight down respect the gravity respect the bar Slow it down if you don't want to potentially injure yourself and make sure you're doing it with the right intent. And this is what we want. We want the eccentric component, the eccentric action to be very much in control. And this, especially again, going back to that hypertrophy, building muscle, you want to make sure that this eccentric part on the way down of the lift is actually a muscle action rather than relaxing and letting gravity just drop the load back down. Obviously, there'll be circumstances where this may happen, especially in like you might see someone in the gym doing some heavy deadlifts, some strength athletes or anything like that, more advanced individuals where they're picking up a deadlift and dropping it back down. That's fine. It's all well and good. Again, but for most people, I like to have, them have some control. Again, just so they can get used to 
the skill involved of the movement a little bit until they become a little bit more advanced, again, a little bit more confident and less likely to hurt themselves fundamentally. That's pretty much all I've got to say over these two episodes on resistance training. Like I said, I don't want to confuse anyone. I want to keep it short and sweet. I want to keep it something that you can take away um, and start using practical examples. And I can't stress enough that I hope that I've delivered on this. And if anyone has got any questions on anything that I've covered in terms of uh, resistance training, please, please give me a shout and I can send you over some resources that explains it in a little bit more detail. Again, that you'll be able to grasp because I myself like to learn things very, very simply. And I like to express this to my clients as well. So when they go to the gym on their own, they actually know what they're doing and they understand about resistance training more so than they ever have. So when they don't work with me anymore, they're in a position to get the most out of the training for the rest of the life and get the health benefits from this. And that's what I just want to end with is that get resistance training because of the health benefits that it brings. And I hope now you've got the tools to be able to do that without feeling confused. And ultimately that I hope I'll give you more confidence to be able to go into the gym, lift some weights and get the most out of your training without feeling like you don't deserve to be there because you definitely do. I'll see you very soon for the next episode of the Fat Fix podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Fat Fix podcast and I hope you all enjoyed today's show. If you have not already, please make sure you subscribe and you don't miss out on any future episodes. I also can't stress enough how much it means to me to those that have left me a star rating and written review on iTunes. This will ultimately help me reach more people like you and really help them too. So please give me two minutes of your time to do this if you haven't already. Lastly, any shares and mentions on social media is also massively appreciated. I will see you very soon for the next episode. Thank you very much.